We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today is not producer and co-founder Brian Goins. Brian is actually, Brian may not be on the podcast today. Brian's actually working on a surprise for y'all. And uh, dare I say, it is one of our more exciting things that we're working on. So stay tuned for that. You will find out very soon what our good old producer and co-founder Brian Goins is working on. However, in his stead... To my left, if you're watching on YouTube, we have our statistician and professional Photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. What's up? What's up? Are we ready to talk about big men tonight? We are so ready to preview the Miami Heat's big men. And on the bottom of the screen, my good friend and producer extraordinaire, Alex Solana. It's fitting that I'm on the big man podcast because in my debut for five reasons, like 10 years ago, all we did was talk about Jamal McGlure, the big cat, for, for some odd reason. So I'm honored to be back to talk about probably not Jamal McGlure, but Did big you just call us five reasons? Did I do that? Was that a 40 <laughs> slip? No, I think he did that on purpose. No, but wait, hold on, Alex. Are you actually telling me that you spent an entire show talking about Jamal McGlure? We talked about the big cat on my yeah, like, heat beat. 
uh, debut. I'm yeah. pretty sure we talked about Jamal McGlure for like 30 minutes. Yeah, it's, we did. It's a th- the pod's there. It was like the third episode ever, something like that. It was Alex great. It was, in, dedication. it was in it was in G's uh I think room. <laughs> it was like you and me. Did you come over? Um, yeah, I think I went over and it was like I loved it. Oh it my god, you did come over. I was even in the old room. Yeah, I totally yeah. remember. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Listen, Alex and I go way back from you know, we were co-producers and co-hosts on Panther Sports Talk Live, WRGP Radiate FM, FIU Student <laughs> Media. Wait, so, but Jamal McGlure was here in like 2011. You guys were doing this back in 2011? No, no, no. We were doing this in like, the, this was like 2015. We stumbled oh, then- into, we stumbled into Jamal McGlure. I don't know how, the big cat. And then I think we were talking about his dunk where he closed his eyes. He dunked it and he closed his eyes. And yeah. So you the guys found history. a way to talk that long about Jamal McGlure two years after, actually, I'm sorry, four years after he had actually played here. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. Alex and I love like weird heat player trivia. I think last show we just, we talked about Amari, right? We, t- we talked about Amari is stint with the heat. We talked about a bunch of random stuff. Alex and I like, th- we're like too inside for heat fandom. We're way too inside. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I just like to talk about like, if you want to talk about Yakuba Diwara for oh, half we've an had hour, this conversation. We have this conversation guy. so many times. I don't get me started. You go with Diwara's bank. <laughs> yeah, three I mean, look, if nuts. you guys want to have a, a nice long chat about Wang ZZ, I am always here to yes. have that. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I, I know I've memorized how to spell Wang ZZ. I, like, and, and it's not an easy spell, but I've memorized how I to spell it. I can't name. even pretend to spell that. I, I can barely spell English words. Well, and English Wang names. is how you would expect. So before we start, and if you if you followed me on Twitter, like or, or, or follow PP for any amount of time, you know, you know that my I don't spell well. I, I'm a notoriously really bad speller. Like I, I spell like shit. I can't even spell my own name sometimes. Like that's not even a joke. I've literally misspelled my name. No, you guys are all very lucky that this is an audio medium oh, that we do bad. this show on. Yeah. Uh so you know, the other day I was I was tweeting how so like I I've, I've become decent at spelling Japanese names. Right. So like in Japan, they have, you know, hiragana, which is a type of, you know, of of the symbols that they use. And then there's something called bromanji, which is basically just the spelling, but with Western letters. Right. So I I said, you know, I I can't read, you know, hiragana or anything, but, you know, I I can write and read romanji like, okay. someone goes, that's incredible that you both misspelled romanji and hiragana while, while claiming this. Okay, well, at least I'm glad to hear that you're still misspelling things in other languages, suck. too. I'm horrible. All right, so <laughs> kind of the deal today is we're going to preview the Heat Big. So last last show, last last big podcast, last Friday, Alex and I talked about the schedule. But before that, we previewed the Heat Guards. You know, Christian and Alex was, were here, kind of talked about the Heat Guards. Now we're going to talk about the Heat Bigs, right? We're going we're gonna to preview Heat Bigs, and then on Wednesday, we're going to preview the Heat Wings to kind of close out and kind of take you up to training camp in their first preseason game against the New Orleans Pelicans, where we will be doing a post-game show live on twitch.tv slash MIA Heapy, and we're going to have a really cool guest set up for that. So make sure to check us out and kind of be on the lookout for that. We're going to be streaming uh, our post-games back again if you were here with us during the playoffs. So for bigs, it has to start with Bam Adebayo. There's there's no other way to start other than Bam. Uh, Christian, like, you know, we've said this so much on this show. I think you know, a lot of this conversation is going to be what kind of leap is he going to make? I mean, we know his role in the team, right? He's, he's going to, he's going to facilitate on the dribble handoff. He's going to be really big part of all their rebel sets. All their sets are going to trigger with him or Jimmy Butler in the pick and roll, especially with the stars. And that's kind of how they're going to play offense and all the motion 
you know, the, the Heat have, they're running their shooters off of places. They're, they're moving north-south. And all that motion revolves around Bam, right? So he is really at the centerpiece of everything that they do. But I think for us, we're looking for him to take a little bit of a step offensively. I think we saw at the end of that Celtic series, game six, Bam just completely took over, absolutely decided, no, I'm going to dominate, right? And I think that any conversation about Bam next year has to start with that. Like, can he be game six Bam? Can he, can he do that for a season? Well, as long as we have people disrespecting him by comparing him to Daniel Tice, I think that he will do that all season long. We need to find ways to manufacture hatred towards or the perception of, you know, feeling slighted because, man, he played his ass off when, you know, when it really mattered. Um, Obviously, him along with guys like Jimmy and Goron, um, at least initially to start the season, I really hope that he take it easy on their minutes considering the long layover they've had, but he's going to be a part of everything they do both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, there's few players in the league that can impact a game as completely as Bam can. And obviously where we're looking to see next season is where he can push this team to in terms of a ceiling because really uh, and I love that the nickname now in the organization for him is no ceiling. Shout out to Leif. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Leif. Cause I feel like he was definitely the first one who was preaching that, but um, it's true though. The, the heat are going to go as far as Bam takes them. And if he can add aspects of a one-on-one game, like he was showing in that game six against Boston, if he can add more of an extended jump shot that he can rely on, you know, every now and then, you know, whenever teams are giving him too much space, when Joel Embiid likes to just crowd the paint and just give him all day at the elbow, like he's going to make teams make harder decisions, which is going to make the heat harder to deal with. I'm kind of with you. And like, I think if we talk about the offense, like what the, the stuff, the passing off the dribble, that was like some shit that I didn't I didn't think he'd have so quickly. Like the wraparound, you know, when when, when Daniel Tice came to help, you know, the wraparound pass to Jimmy Butler cutting and stuff like that. Like he was just short of all NBA last season. Um, and I think that for sure, like I think uh, I mean, not just all star and you know, see the average, but I think like I think all NBA has to be a goal for him this year. I think that he's absolutely there. See you nodding your head, Alex. And I think that, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be in the defensive player of the year conversation. And I think you know, not unlike guys like Dwight and Rudy Gobert, and Marcus Solid at his prime, like he's going to be a guy that's going to be in that conversation every year. Yeah, I, I, and to the point of of just his jump shot, I think confidence has to be at an all time high throughout the entire season. You saw it in that game six. You saw it in stretches throughout the playoffs where he was confident. He'll take the jumper. He was doing uh, the little runners right under the free throw line in the paint. Like he was confident. He was feeling himself. That's the BAM I want to see the entire year. And I think if, if he re- plays with that confidence, you're going to see uh, a BAM Adebayo who will be in the conversation for defensive player of the year, who will be in the conversation for first, maybe not first team, but second team, third team, all NBA. Why not um, first team? But I guess AD, but... <laughs> I mean, let's go. Let's go first team. I made the argument a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago that I think he'll, at some point, will be in contention for MVP. Like, I think that's how good Bam is. The no ceiling uh, nickname is, is like, I, I believe in it. Like, I think he could be a league MVP at some point in his career. Um, I don't know if that's my Homer talking, like my, my cocky heat fan cocky talking, heat fan. but uh, I, I just want to see him be confident, like play with confidence all the time. Be game six, 
in the Eastern Conference Finals, bam, all the time. Because if that's how he plays, if that's how he carries himself, where he carries himself like, yeah, I'm the shit. Like, I'm the best player in the world. Um, I, I, I think he can be. Like, I, I really do think he can be. Like, for him, you know, if he's, like, I don't, I don't want fans to get upset, like, if his jump shot's not there immediately, because he does right. so many other things well. But, like, like you're saying, like, if you have the confidence to at least take that, like, he plays too within the constructs of the offense. Like, sometimes he's a little, he's a little too much, he's a little too well coached, right? Like, he very much plays within the offense that the Heat run. And I thought that game six was an instance where he just played not necessarily within that flow. He he dictated, like, Bam oftentimes is not, to borrow a term from Zach Lowe, dictate the terms of engagement, right? He kind of reads the defense, sees what they do and do it. But, like, what Alex is saying is, like, 100% agree with. It's like, if he starts grabbing the games by the balls and starts completely warping defenses and saying, no, 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 I'm not playing to what you guys are giving me. You need to react to what I'm doing. I'm this fucking good. I'm so strong. I'm so skilled. You can't do anything. Well, you're gonna send out. You're gonna send some help. I'm such a good passer that when you send that help, I'm gonna spray it out to the corner, and Duncan Robinson's gonna be right there. Oh, you're gonna guard me with a smaller guy. I'm gonna. I can take him. I can take him back to the basket, which is another thing he needs to work on. Well, think think about how important Bam Adebayo was in getting Duncan Robinson open, Tyler Hero open, and that was. When offense, or excuse me, when defenses, opposing defenses weren't respecting his offensive game. Now mix in a Bam Adebayo who's confident going to the rim, who's confident doing a little step back jumper in the paint. Imagine how much more defenses are going to have to protect the paint from at a, for Bam Adebayo. That's just going to open up Duncan and Tyler and Kendrick Nunn and Goron, their ability to get open, to slash, to make three point shots. Like that's why I'm saying, Bam, be confident because. Even if he's missing early on in the game, people are going to remember game six bam. They're going to remember 2019 playoff bubble bam. And they're going to have to uh they're they're going to have to respect it because they know what he's capable of. He showed it. Like he showed it on the biggest stage. So they know what he's capable of. It's only going to open up more offensively for the heat, even if he's missing, even if he goes two of six on jump shots in a game or two of eight on jump That's shots in a fine. game. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's at, at some pains. point. He, right. He's going, he, he, those are going to fall. We all remember the, the, the video of him practicing for team USA and everybody was like, Oh my God, band's going to be that band's going to be that like, bro. Yeah. He is going to be that. He can be that. I think the other thing is like, we talk about like, he's going to help those other guys. Those other guys are going to be able to help him a lot more too. And the way, right. cause like, and, and I think, and everyone's going to make fun of me because I want to bring up the Raptors, but I thought the way that the Raptors defended the heat was something really telling that I think a lot of other good teams are going to copy. And in a way the Celtics tried to do it a little bit, but bam really made them pay because they didn't have the size. But when you switch that Duncan bam handoff, and if you front bam, right? So what the Raptors would do with OG and Anobi, they'd have OG and Anobi defending bam. And then he would switch on to Duncan Robinson, right? So he'd really close that airspace. And then Norman Power, whoever was Duncan's man, would then front bam, right? So then that that little roll dump pass is suddenly, you know, Duncan really has to thread that needle in order to give it to bam. And that just completely neutralized the Heat's offense. And then the Heat really went to a lot more of a steady diet of pick and rolls and stuff like that. So I think kind of his guards have to help him a little more there, right? Because they're going to, I mean, because, once the defender's in front of Bam, he has a clear line to the basket because now the guy guarding him, whoever was playing center, is switched on to Duncan Robinson, right? And then whoever, so now he's between him and the basket. Whoever's going to come in to help, 
going to be a lot smaller. And if they send two guys, well, now, now we're playing ball. Now there's a lot of shooters. He has a lot of options to kind of spray out to the corners and whatever. And he's been very, very good in the short roll. So if if his guys can really, you know, if, if you know the teams that are equipped to kind of switch that action, because you really need a center who's going to be able to, to to be able to do that. And, and OG, you know, you need a center that's mobile enough to do that switch, and also that that can guard Bam, which is it's not too common, but you know, a lot of good, like you know, the the Bucks could theoretically do that when they have Giannis at the five, which you know they haven't done a lot of that, uh, especially against the Heat. Um, the Raptors can do that. The, the Nets can feasibly do that as well if they go really small with KD at the five. So there's going to be opportunities for teams to do that to Miami. And, and that really kind of really neutralizes their favorite plays. So I want to see how the guards kind of react to that going forward. Uh, Cause if they can kind of slip that pass, or if they can see that early before they can really get good front position, or they can really thread that needle, then I mean, that's unstoppable. I mean, then, then you can't stop yeah. that play. Yeah. Christian, what yeah, was I mean, it? Like, we don't uh, have the, we don't have the numbers in front of us, but it was, was it, didn't, weren't they getting like 1.5 points per possession off a Duncan Bam dribble handoff? It was something it crazy was, like that. It was, it was like 1.2, which is still crazy, crazy because that equates to about 120 offensive rating. That's um, insane. Like they're that's, scoring off that action every time. Absolutely. And, and speaking to what you were saying before about Bam kind of uh, really, I would say before the playoffs last season was really kind of staying within the construct, the construct that was built for him in terms of, you know, when he's executing that dribble handoff with Duncan, he's not, they're not really incorporating a ton of counters and things like that. They're really just trying to execute that handoff, you know, and see if they can get Duncan free and otherwise, you know, kick it out to another option. But I think that's going to be part of the growth that we're going to see going into this season is I would expect that Spo is going to have a lot more trust in both guys like Bam and Duncan, especially when they're, running that kind of action to really incorporate a lot more counters for both of them. The easiest one being like in the situation that you were talking about before Gianni, if they decide to front Bam with the smaller guard on a switch in that situation, Bam's got to immediately be looking to curl back towards the basket and Duncan's got to be looking for that lob, you know, and those are, those are just little ways that you can break, you know, those defensive strategies. And I think obviously, you know, they're both young guys, even Duncan, who's really 26, you know, he's he's fresh to the league. I think they still have a lot of learning to do. So there's a lot of upside there. Chris, what you can also do there is 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 you can flip the handoff right back. So, you know, if they switch right and they blow up the action, I don't think you need to force that. Uh, it's what I called in the playoffs, a revolving door of dribble handoffs, where like <laughs> if if they get nothing off the first handoff, they pivot to get another handoff. But in this case, because it's Duncan and Bam on the action, now you can run a small dribble handoff with Tyler or whoever or Goran or Jimmy, whoever the guard is kind of coming back at that. And then Bam can kind of reset, right? So if he has a smaller guy on him, now you're in post position. So if you flip that handoff to a ball handler, now all of a sudden you get a guy that can give an entry pass and Duncan's not sucking no man. And then now OG Ananobi at that point is forced to re-switch because you don't want him stuck in a corner off Duncan. You want him in help position or on the ball. So now, now you're moving your grooving. And then if I think one thing, and I, again, I don't have the numbers. Maybe, Chris, if you can pull up Bam's post-up numbers. I don't know if you have your synergy uh, kind of locked and loaded. I know he's not the best post-up player. And I think, in particular, that's mostly fine in the modern NBA. But when you're a guy like him and you're going to see a lot of switches because of the kind of the nature of your offense, I really think that you really need to be able to post-up guys, really need to be able to kind of punish 
those switches. And I think when you look at, not that Bam is Jokic, but you kind of look to that model of player because they are kind of similar, right? They're big men who can really move the ball. They, they're used in very similar ways as handoff men, as screeners, as rollers, right? They're, they're both, you know, the cream of the crop in terms of kind of what they provide offensively. Bam's not the shooter that Jokic is, and he doesn't have the handle and the touch, uh, but he, he does a lot of other things. He's, he's almost as good of a passer and he still has a lot of room to grow. No, we said no ceiling, but you know, Jokic is able to really punish switches. So when they run that Jamal Murray Jokic handoff, you know, if you're switching that, you know, like the Lakers did to really kind of get up on Jamal Murray. So then you want AD on Jamal or whatever. You know, now Jokic is punishing Kotevi Caldwell Pope. He's punishing Rondo. He's punishing. So they really don't allow you to do that switch action because Jokic can punish. Bam doesn't really have that. So now what we're talking about is kind of the reversal of the handoff. And the Heat always have to do an extra thing to get the looks they want. But if Bam is just willing, like, hey, I'll fucking post you up. You want you want to play like this? Okay, I'll do it. And yeah. he's not there yet as a post player. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's a combination of I think the Heat have really gone away from going into the post in recent years. Obviously, like most teams have. Um, but also speaking to your point, Gianni, I just uh, looked it up here in the playoffs. Uh, only eight percent of Bam's possessions came out of the post, and uh, when including his shot attempts and when he passes and creates a shot attempt for a teammate, Heat were only scoring 0.92 points per possession, which is in the 38th percentile, which is not ideal. And That's definitely towards the bottom end. That if he's posting up, it's because he feels like he has a favorable matchup. Right. right. So but that he, also speaks to the inexperience, yeah. I would say, he has in that situation. Like he's not posting up Miles Turner. He's not posting up Daniel Tice, right? He's posting up, you know, Gordon Hayward. He's posting up, you know, Chris Middleton, right? When he gets that switch, that's what he's posting up. It's not the guys that, you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, he's scoring 0.9, but, you know, he's really going up. No, he's going up against small dudes, right? So you have to keep that in mind yeah. w- with his role. So, and I think, Alex, that's the exciting thing about Bam is that, you know, for as good as he is, and we're talking about a first-team All-NBA contender, you know, he has so much room that he can grow. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, like, it wouldn't shock me if this year he was a much better post player. I don't think that's what we're going to see from Bam, but um, that's what's exciting about him, where it just wouldn't shock us if this year um, he went from being in the 38th percentile to, I don't know, the 10th percentile. Uh, maybe that's a, a bit that's, of a jump. That's quite, quite the jump. Right, but right, right. I get what you, I get what you mean. Like, a, a, a it, it just, marginal we, improvement. But, Right, a, a or maybe not marginal, but a big improvement. Like if if that's something he's working on, and I get you know to a, a shortened off season, and things are obviously unprecedented, so perhaps not. But um, that's what's exciting about Bam. To your point, where who knows what we're going to see this year? Who knows if this year he's been working or this off season he's been working on uh, shooting from the three point line? You know, the corner three. If that's what he adds to his repertoire, like. Um, that's why I'm excited to see uh, to see Bam this year and, and wanna, see his 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 the, the next step that he's going to take. I want to say something about the corner three because I see a lot of, and obviously like any kind of shot that Bam adds is good. The shot I would really need him to add is that above the break three. Not not he doesn't even have to be topside, but it has to be like he has to be where he's initiating the handoff, right? Because. How often is Bam really standing in a corner? Now, if he adds a corner three, that's going to be great because all of a sudden, if Jimmy's not using him as a screener, so a lot of times in the playoffs, like they'd have a smaller guy come screen for Jimmy, so Goran would come, and now Jimmy can actually play five out because now the big man is pulling another big out of the paint, and Jimmy really has no resistance going to the rim. So Bam adding a corner three is amazing. Like That would be so huge for this team, especially late-game offense. 
But what would really, really change the way the Heat function as a team is if he can shoot that ball from the break. Because where he's starting that dribble handoff, now teams really have to think. Because if they pull that out a little bit and Duncan can really hit it from out there, now you have two guys that are a threat to shoot. And they're going to be in rhythm, right? Because when, when you kind of roll off of, off of the handoff or you kind of roll off that action, you're getting the ball in rhythm. You're going to be open and defenders are going to have to make a decision between two shooters, right? And that's going to lead to good offense. And you're going to, the more options that you have is going to be better. And the less weak, the fewer weaknesses you have, because in the playoffs, teams are going to pick out what are you worst at. Guy like Kemba Walker, great player. Anybody would be thrilled to have a guy like that. Competitor can do everything. His weakness in the playoffs has been his defense. And that's what we saw that he pick on, right? Look at the Bucs. Same thing, like with with the jump shot and Giannis and and kind of their, their stubbornness to adapt. Like you, Good teams will pick on your weakest attribute. And that's those are the difference makers in playoff series. That's what that's what wins championships. Right. So I think the more holes that Bam can plug in his game, and he doesn't have many, it, this team just becomes impossible to defend because he's at the center of everything that they do. I think defensively, kind of changing gears to that, the Heat had a lot of very interesting kind of trade deadline last season where they changed the way they played defense. So the Heat were dropping on defense a lot. And we've talked about this on the pod a bunch, but kind of to recap, you know, you, you, you drop your big under any kind of pick and roll action and your big man is kind of really containing the ball handler uh, while the guard recovers on the screen. All right. So that, that's typically what the Heat were running. And they were running that with Hassan Whiteside because Hassan couldn't switch. Now, since the acquisition of Jake Crowder and Andre Iguodala, they've really switched to a more switchy defense so sometimes they drop so they'll drop kelly olenic or anything but the heat are very comfortable switching bam onto guard switching ban off to wings and everything and i think that that's going to be kind of the big thing to look at with the heat defensively is christian if in the regular season the heat are going to go with a more drop tile scheme or they're going to kind of switch off the bat now i think probably to preserve bam's body a little bit they might drop in the beginning and they might switch for big games or for the playoffs but i'm kind of curious as to what you think they may do. Because that switch defense is exhausting. Um, I would say look at what they did this offseason. And still to me, the probably the most surprising move that they made, it wasn't just that they brought Myers Leonard back at $10 million when they benched him essentially for the entire playoffs. It was that they did it right off the jump in free agency, which I found, which I found interesting. And I think probably says that there's more behind the scenes going on there that maybe we don't know about, but um, the fact that they did invest that money in him, at least through the season, I know he has a player option, just like almost every other player on the roster that isn't (laughs) a max player um, going into next season. But um, he's someone that I feel like is going to be a big part of the Heat's rotation, at least in the regular season, like we saw last season. The, the Heat's <clears throat> big rotation, um, aside from adding Precious during the draft, is more or less the same. So I would expect Myers to get a good amount of run. It would not really shock me to see them maybe even go back to the Kendrick Nunn, uh, Myers Leonard starting kind of <laughs> clamps on the starting lineup there. Um but it's, I, I think Myers is definitely going to be seeing at least 20, 25 minutes a game. He was really helpful. And going back to your original question, Gianni, if Myers is playing a lot of minutes, you got to expect the Heat are going to go back to a drop because Myers is not somebody that you can throw out there to switch a bunch. Like he actually operated really well, you know, in drop coverage, which is part of the reason why 
that that starting lineup was so successful last season that Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Myers Leonard group was strongly positive all season long last season, obviously before they switched kind of how they played going into the playoffs. So I do expect them to go back to a lot of that, especially in a season that Wild probably will have a lot of volatility. And so, yeah, that kind of speaks to, I, I spoke last season went one way the whole season. And obviously there were some roster moves that kind of aided this, but he completely switched up going into the playoffs and then stuck with, stuck with that the entire playoffs. So he's clearly not shy about just flipping a switch and changing the strategy when it suits him. Would it shock you if I said the defense was better with Bam and Myers on the floor together than with Bam without Myers? No, it really wouldn't shock me because I would imagine that they are probably having less problems on the boards in the Bam Myers lineups than they are when Bam tends to be the five, which is where the downside is, is that the rim protection really goes away. Not that Myers is like, but Bam's you know, any, a help guy there. Of, right, yeah. exactly. But just having that size is a deterrent, you know, and especially when you're going up against a team like the Lakers, which we saw firsthand in the finals, that can, that can be difficult to deal with. So before I, before you get to your point, Alex, so the heat with Bam and Myers on the floor, they have a defense of 107 uh, defensive rating. And with Bam without Myers, the defense is 110 uh, defensive rating. Uh, and they're plus seven net rating with both of them together. And with Bam without Myers, they're plus four. Uh, the minutes are almost doubled. I think almost a thousand, actually, actually a thousand more minutes, Bam without Myers. But uh, Myers without Bam, by the way, minus four. <laughs> uh, pretty bad. But yeah. I, well, I think that that tells a bit of the story to why Myers, like you were saying, Chris, uh, Christian got signed so early, right? Like they, they're, they're seeing those numbers as well. But really quickly, just to note, because you were mentioning that that starting five that we saw for, I think, a better half of, of most of the season before the bubble, which was the Nunn, Bam, Myers, Duncan, and Jimmy starting five. I remember us talking about how some of those numbers might be inflated just because of how great Duncan Robinson was to start games. And we normally only saw that starting five to start games, right? Like they'd get like a six minute run to start the game. And then normally um, Goron would come in and then Mm -hmm. the heat typically, typically were starting quick because Duncan was hitting threes quickly and, and teams weren't ready for it to start the season. And, 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 and I'm not, I'm not trying to like shit on the stats. And I actually like no, hold the on. idea of going, I like the idea of going back to that, but let's also, cause I remember Christian, you were the one who pointed that out, which was like, yeah, but Duncan is just lights out from three, which is why the numbers look so great. Wait a second. The, 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 the season. Bam plus Myers without Duncan minus two net rating. <laughs> yeah. You were spot on spot yeah. on. I do think the defense that's not Duncan though. That's that's just having two bigs on the floor because the defense is also about the same with Myers and Bam plus no Duncan. So the, the thing is that the thing is that Myers and Bam typically play together to start games only, yeah. right? Like I'm sure if we were to extrapolate uh, most of their minutes together, it was just starting the game because that was the starting lineup. Because later on in the game, we rarely saw Myers anyways in the second half, right? Like his minutes typically came in the first unless Bam was in foul trouble. And we probably weren't seeing them to close games anyway. So, it, like, again, I, I just, you know, that, that's something that's something to keep in mind. Or, you know, we I, I love the starting lineup and and whatever. Like, we're praising Spo, but, uh, yeah, Duncan not missing threes really helps any lineup, really. 
It helps everybody, always. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, and with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly. So you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short-term list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you will be on in the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you the most options to wager than anyone else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Bam, Bam plus Duncan uh, without Myers, by the way, the offensive rating is 118 in like a thousand minutes. Crazy. I mean, the, f- the juice that this team has. So... I mean, again, we're not talking about Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson today. We're talking about the bigs, but I was just kind of looking through some numbers. So Bam, Jimmy, and Duncan on the court. That trio, that trio has almost... That trio, that I love trio, that. That trio... Keep that. A little Keep bit over 1,000 minutes, plus 12 net rating, 119 offensive rating. Lights fucking out. <laughs> that's stupid. That, that's crazy. <laughs> They're just destroying teams. Absolutely destroying teams. And all, these, and all these permutations are positive. Like, Bam, Duncan, no Jimmy, positive. Uh, Bam, Jimmy, no Duncan, positive. Uh, even Duncan, no Bam, positive. So, like, the, those are, I mean, I, I think a lot of what they do on offense revolves, I mean, everything what they do on offense revolves around those three guys in particular. And I think Bam really makes a lot of that possible. Like, Duncan, Jimmy, no Bam, that's minus. They're minus four. Uh, net rating so like bam really makes is is a is this is a straw that stirs that drink and i think myers is more of a uh a complimentary piece to bam which also by the way guys keeps bam off the big men in pick and roll so he's really available to help kind of what christian was talking about of having that size and rim protection i see you laughing the straw that stirs that drink you're on a roll man it's a that, great, was a good, listen, that was a really good one too the heat offense is a great cocktail it's like listen i'm a gin and tonic guy it's a nice gin and tonic 
you know, with a little, I'm a lemon, not lime guy. I'm a gin and tonic, a nice, a nice. No, no, no. Double. You gotta have a lemon in the I like, gin and tonic. I, I yeah. like lemon. I mean, lime is good, right? But l- a little lemon in the gin and tonic, you know, good tonic, some fever tree tonic water, nice gin. Oh, I got, I got some gin the other day from Total Wine. It was like a, a gin distilled in Miami. That shit was good. I gotta get the name. That was awesome. I don't know how you, I don't know how you drink gin and tonic. Oh, man. it's so like, good. You know that that's my, my drink of choice in theory. And I want to know, but it's just, double gin and tonic. it's just weird. It's just it is. Weird. It's, it's a very clean drink. I drank gin and tonic for a long time because oh, it's, I, it's just so, I, I it's drink so vodka sodas. That's all I drink. Yeah, but vodka soda sodas. sucks. Tonic water is so much better. At least have a vodka yeah, tonic. But, but vodka, vodka Why are tonic. You calorie like, uh, You're fit in uh, shape. You have a beautiful girlfriend. Why are you calorie? Actually, I no, he's right though. Soda is better than, than, than tonic tonic has well, uh has sugar in to- it yeah tonic's so, not good for tonic, you but it's fucking yeah. good it gives me uh gives, i feel like such an, an old man it gives me acid reflux are in you the morning, serious so. the tonic <laughs> i go <laughs> you're so, so fucking wild. yeah i mean you can't I, drink I know, the cafecito when you got the reflux so that's i'm that's so really washed bro God. i'm so washed, washed. so vodka soda two limes hook me up I even did- though you know Post pandemic at the arena, asking for limes that they're cutting up there, like people are using their hands to cut oh, up. Fuck that! It's gonna be sketchy. Yeah, it's gonna be super sketchy. <laughs> We're questioning the sanitation of our bar. Like at this point, if I'm not having a gin and tonic, I'm just having a tequila on the rocks, a good tequila on the rocks, like a, yes. a, like a Don Julio or something on the rocks. And just maybe, give me maybe the tequila, little. just no bullshit. Right it's it's fucking. That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, what's? I mean, I love sipping on tequila. It's just it just gets expensive when you're just fucking going through the tequila. Just like, oh, yeah. That's why you buy really good bottles and then just drink it at home, Gianni. I do, but I, I've listen. I've civilized gone person in a <laughs> pandemic. I'm, I'm gonna bring people behind the curtain of my life in the pandemic, so I don't really go anywhere. Right, I'm always scared. I don't want to catch COVID. So I, I've been playing, uh, I do these anime group watches where I group watch anime with some friends on the internet. Oh and now we're, we're, we're playing a drinking game <laughs> based off of one. Uh, and uh, I'm just getting fucked up on Saturdays because this, I mean, we're, we're so fucking deep in this drinking game that I, I, I was, I had finished like, I'd finish a bottle of Don Julio to watches. You know what I mean? Like it's bad. Wait, but That's so crazy, actually. is, it, is crazy. it a drinking game where you just it, like you play it out in one sitting or do you carry this game over into the future? No, I so like we, can't we do have that a, a drinking we, game. we have. So there's a writer that that's like a pretty famous anime writer and he's doing a show. So we basically took all his tropes and uh, every time one of them happens, we have a list. So like if there's a trauma flashback, you know, we drink. Right. If, if, if some if somebody cries, we drink. If somebody is revived. Uh, from the dead we drink if there's some oh, sort of animal apparition oh, I've no, seen it's, my listen. fair share of animes no but this is this particular writer has like a lot like if if a best friend gets beat up for comic relief you drink we're in his bag we're we're so far <laughs> deep in the June Maeda bag that we're just getting fucked up every time I'm just getting fucked up at heat games I miss that dude a, a bottle a bottle of Don Julio downing it by yourself in two sittings is like borderline alcoholic level. Oh, I, like, I, not not borderline actually nah, not, not borderline <laughs> yeah that's all <laughs> you're there i've you're told there. the story on the pod before i had 22 double gin and tonics at a wedding jesus that's really not healthy, just, you probably smell they're, they're watered down they have to be no, watered no, down. no, it, no listen, and I, he probably smelled no, awful. It, it was an open bar i'm t- I, I was i was boys with the bar with the bartender listen i'm telling 22? you 22 i was gone I, I ended up on i've said the story in the podcast the <laughs> night ended with me and the uber my friends are like just don't say shit we don't want to we just don't throw up in the uber we just we just want to make it back to the hotel <laughs> i told them in the uber right i told the uber to pull over on the highway i ran into the highway <laughs> And my friend grabbed me. I went, you know, on the highway, you have like the loop and there's like this green area in the middle on the on-ramp. 
You know, like as you're kind of, like if you're getting on the turnpike, right? And it, the turnpike kind of does That's this a circular really thing. Precarious place to take a puke. I ran. I was drunk. I ran in there. Take I, a puke. I fell in the. Take a take, puke. Take a puke. Who says that? An old person. An old person. Take a puke. <laughs> you ever had to take a puke? I mean, uh, I know I've had to yak or I've had to throw up, but you've had to I'm yak. Gonna, yeah, yak. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a puke. I'm gonna, <laughs> no, 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 it's I'm, weird. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold the picture of of how the night ended. This is when I was way fatter. This is how uh, this is how the night ended. That's For those great. of you in the YouTube audience, that, <laughs> you that, look like a cow that got knocked over. I, I was, I was oh a cow. God. I was enormous. <laughs> it's my best friend Darren, kind of checking on me. Yo, Darren is such a good dude. Yo, I mean, Darren got the short end of the stick because my other friends in the car are like, "Well, that's that's all that's all you, Darren." Are you a uh, friggin' officer pulls over? He's gonna be arrested for cow tipping. <laughs> are you? Oh my god! <laughs> are you not? <laughs> are you not obnoxious Uber guy? Because I am total obnoxious Uber guy. But nah. here's so oh. this is one of one of my my better bits on Hawk and Crowder. Talk about pulling behind the curtain. I am a registered Uber driver, but I've never actually driven Uber. I've and heard this before. the, the Bro, angle. Are all the Alexes on the show the same person? The angle here, though, here's the angle, though. I would, you know, I, I was taking Ubers every Friday, Saturday night for the past two years. Like, literally, like, I have spending a stupid amount of money. My angle is I know I'm getting in drunk every time, and Uber drivers hate drunk people, but I found the angle to where I'll still get a good rating. I start off the conversation with, How's, you know, how much work are you getting tonight? How's it going tonight? Oh, I'm an Uber driver too. Boom. Now, 10 minutes of me talking, making up stories about being an Uber driver. They're not going to give me a bad rating no matter how obnoxious I get because I'm an Uber driver and they understand. They, they, they you know, we find common ground as Uber drivers, but I've that never is... actually driven an Uber. Like, you're but a I'm fucking registered, phony. So. You're a phony. Oh, yes. that's so diabolical. You're, you're a phony. I love yes. that. I'm going to yeah. try that you're the next fraud. time I'm yeah. obnoxious. Just, I'm telling you, uh, no, bro. It's to, okay. I'm an Uber driver. No, no, no. Dude, but you can't. You can't say it like that. You can't say it like that. You get in. You get in. I always sit in the front. I always sit in the front, and I go, man. Like, how's it moving tonight? You're getting a lot of hits tonight. Getting a lot of rides. You know, organic. You, yeah. You know the the terminology. You get right, in. Right, how, how's it moving tonight? Yeah, it's important. Right. I have, I have oh, a question. Yeah, I drove. I drove last night, and man, like, I, I didn't get anything, bro. So you know, tonight I just had to come out and get loose. Like, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Hey, it works every time. My rating is flawless. I'm I, telling I you, it works you. every I time. So yeah. who on the heat would be the worst Uber passenger? I'm all in with Tyler Hero. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Myers Leonard. He's I, I was thinking Myers is my I'm going to say Myers just because he's going to scuff up the car. He's, he's too loud. Big. He's, he's like, very communicative. He and does he, have and, a booming voice. If I have like a hangover oh or something and I'm driving. And his, wife, and, and his wife is doing TikToks in the back the entire time. Oh, yeah. No, fucking oh, annoying. Yeah, the, the, Leonard, yeah. the Leonard family is in constant mode for constant yes. content <laughs> creation mode. Content, right, yeah, I mean, they're, right. they're true. Inf- Ellie and Myers are true influences of our time. So. God, that'd be, I mean, could you Three imagine Myers, I mean, Myers has to get an Uber XL, right? For I sure. Know he's, yeah, he's got to get sure. the, the luxury one, I'm sure. Like, yeah, just for the like, leg space, like, he's huge. Do you think, like, uh, there's no athletes don't take Ubers, right? Like, pro athletes, like, well, they, these people aren't taking Ubers, They right? take the Luxes, I'm sure. Like, I mean, you don't, probably. I don't know. Alex, you're an Uber driver. <laughs> no, there's a, there's like a luxury app, like an Uber, but it's, it's like only, you know, like everything's mm. super high price. I'm sure that's what they take because they're all bougie you. as fuck. Yeah. That's so whack though. Like, like, bro, if, if you're Kendrick Nunn, like just take an Uber, you know, like if Kendrick, <laughs> Kendrick Nunn, Nunn take if, the Uber. 
<laughs> if Kendrick Nunn gets in an Uber, 99% of Uber drivers in Miami no, are, but yeah, of course are Cuban. Are Cuban. They're, they don't know who Kendrick Nunn is. Like, they, you know, Kendrick. Probably true. Oh, that Kendrick. Like, they don't. Like, <laughs> well, probably, if you're, that is it, if you're no, Dwayne Wade, it. if you're Dwayne Wade, okay, I get it. Like, you, you're not taking Uber. You have a limo. You have some, You have a driver. But like Kelly Olynyk gets in the Uber, he's just some tall white dude. Yeah, no, with long he's too hair. tall. No, he's they, too distinguished. Right. K- Ko's too distinguished. No, they don't. But they don't know. They don't know. They just think he's some tall but white K- dude. But like K- they don't know. Ko's in that commercial that's on all the time. The the car commercial. I think it's a. I think it's a Dural Toyota. That's on an EV. So I know that. Good oh, K- he o. did. A, he did a local commercial. Yeah, he did. Where he gets his girlfriend a new car and he kind of says, "Hey, babe, you haven't seen that one." It's on, it's on local TV all the time. <laughs> I don't think no, I've seen hilarious. that. Yeah, yeah, no. K- K- KO's in two minutes. KO's in, in, in local dealership commercials. I don't think he can. How do you think? How do you think that phone call went with his agent? Like, you want <laughs> KO in K- a local you, Miami commercial? Like, you what? want Doral like, Toyota? Okay. I mean, we listen, okay. we've been sponsored by Doral okay. Toyota. Maple Dick in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Speaking of question. Kelly, Speaking of let's Kelly, talk about him. That's my guy. <laughs> that's my guy. Uh, our professional screw up, Alex Soledo, calls me a basketball hipster because of how much I love KO. I think I, I know that he's the guy that gets put in the trade machine all the time because he's like a serviceable player for a medium salary amount that you can really get something for. Like he's twelve point five million is expiring. I think what he's provides to this team is really good, and what he what he does as not just a screener, but as a shooter. I mean, the dude was fucking lights out after All-Star game. It was like, he was shooting over 40%. I mean, he's ridiculous. The number, they don't, and that was kind of at the time that the Heat committed to playing small. They weren't really playing him and Bam together. So, I mean, the, the, the spread pick and rolls with him were great. I mean, coming off the bench, and even in his spot starts, he was really good. I thought in that Lakers series, especially, as a screener, as a cutter, as a flasher, right? He's slipping, rolling, all sorts of movement. Like, I think he's a really, really good offensive player. And I think for the most part, he survived on defense, you know, especially as a drop man. I don't, I don't, wouldn't call him a, wouldn't call him a, a stopper or anything by any means. But I, I thought he unfairly got a shorter leash uh, than he should have in the playoffs. I think he's a really good player. I like what he adds to the team, especially as just as a shooter as a veteran, and as a guy who can run a facsimile of what Bam does. Obviously not the passer that Bam is, but he is a really good shooter, and he is a a pretty decent to above average passer. So they can't, they do run a lot of the same handoff sets with him and Tyler or him and Goron, right? So you have Goron coming out of pistol, kind of getting into that handoff, right? And you already have the defense trailing, and now all of a sudden you have a guy who can shoot and slash with another guy who can shoot and roll. And I just really like the dynamic that he brings to the team. Chris. Yeah, no, speaking to what you were saying about his effectiveness, I mean, it it, it was frustrating for me because <laughs> I've I guess I don't have as a big an issue of going a little bit bigger in size than Spo does especially in the playoffs, but historically Bam Kelly lineups have always been really good. Going back to Last year, that was their going, shit. going back to Bam's rookie year. Like they have always been a good pair together and going back to what you're saying, Johnny, I I tweeted this now uh, about a month ago. Heat were a team best plus 10.6 net with Kelly on the court in the playoffs. And he also had the best on off net, which is the difference between his, the, the, the heat's net rating while he was on and the heat's net rating, which when he was off, which means that statistically he was one of the most impactful players while he played. Now, obviously you have to take that with a grain of salt because while he was the best net player on the team, he was also eighth in minutes on the heat in the playoffs. 
and he really wasn't playing much at all, which which was frustrating, especially in a series like in some of those games against the Lakers because it just got out of hand with the Lakers brutalizing the heat with their size. And I remember in one of those 30-point losses, they didn't put Kelly in until the third quarter. He ended up being like a plus 16 in that game. That was game, game one. That was game one. That was game yeah. one. And I understand yeah. that obviously a team with a massive lead is always going to give up some of that. But he showed while he was out there the value that he brings, having a body to put on Anthony Davis and LeBron, even occasionally, not to be you know a lockdown defender by any means. He got roasted half the time, but just having a body <laughs> yeah. out there, having somebody to protect the paint, having somebody to stretch the floor effectively and create a little bit offensively, which they were lacking when Goron wasn't out there. Like Kelly brings a lot to the table, and it pains me that he has such a limited role on this roster. And I hate to say it, but with the moves they made this offseason, I feel like his role might even get even more limited, which is why I feel like him and Kendrick got to become really good buds because they're going to get packaged somewhere. The famous trade package. So like, it's just like they, it's especially unless they really redeem themselves and earn like solid playing time in the beginning of the season. They're the guys that are somewhat on the outs and it's hard not to, you, you look at this roster, you have too many guys who can play. Like that's always a roster that's going to qualify to turn some pieces into a better piece. Even if it's only a somewhat marginal upgrade, like Victor Oladipo, we're not talking like a mega, mega star, you know, like Oladipo still a huge upgrade and he would help this team. And that's something that I'm sure they're probably going to explore, but and the, the, you know, the, the, that's my whole the thing, thing with, with- the whole the, the thing with Kelly though, just to piggyback off that really quickly, G, is that if he's not hitting his shot, man, it's tough to play him if you're Spo. And we saw that we did see that in stretches last yeah. season, I think, like where it gets frustrating because there were stretches where he just wasn't hitting his shot. And I wonder how much of that offensive production that you were talking about, how how much of uh, that net rating where it does look positive, um, a lot of it is coming against you know teams second and third units. Um, and, and I wonder like if he were to have an increased, uh, role in this team, will those numbers not look as great next season? That's, that's the, that's my only, um, I guess you could say trepidation with Kelly, which is, I love Kelly, by the way, like everything you're saying is right. I would love to see him have a bigger role. I think offensively showed us in the finals that he can make this huge impact, especially when, you know, maybe guys like Jimmy, maybe guys like Duncan or Tyler just aren't hitting their shots early on. You bring in Ty, um, you bring in Goron and Kelly O and they could be a, a, a very legitimate spark that, that could, you know, help this team through, through these stretches where you're not getting offensive production from your starters. Um, I just wonder a, a much bigger role offensively. Those numbers aren't going to look as great for Kelly O. I just hope that they don't go back to Andre at the five, especially during the regular season. <laughs> like KO's a fucking, he's an adequate backup big. I, I just, I don't even feel like this has to be a conversation. I was like, he's a dude who should back up Bam. It's not rocket science. And for all that talk, Christian, I mean, Bam and, and Kelly were almost, they were, mi- they were minus 0.23. So barely, barely even zero, right? So they were slight minus, not a big deal. <laughs> not as good as they have been. Partly because they just didn't have a lot of minutes together. I mean, Kelly played more minutes without Bam than he played with him um, significantly. Dude, by the way, last season, career high in shooting. Almost 41% from three. um, Shot 54% from two. And 86% from the line. Just really cleanly efficient player. Um, Kelly Keeper, one of my favorites. I... I agree with you that he's probably one of the guys, if I had to bet on two people, like a guy that's not going to be here for the end of the season, it's probably going to be KO and none. 
think that there's just clearly not in the Heat's future. As much as I like KO, I I hate that, but it is what it is. Um, and it, I'm I'm just I'm a fan. I like him. There's no secret. Everybody, everybody make fun of me. I think he's good. I like him. I I hope that he has a a good season and they kind of give him kind of some role. Uh, I like him more than Myers for sure as, as an offensive player. So there's a there's an English football term, uh, cheeky, like an English soccer term. <laughs> a player is very cheeky. And every time Kelly O is on the court, that's what comes to mind to me. He's just a cheeky player. Maximum like he figures cheek. it out that, that, um, that keeper that he does. And there's also times where like he slow-mo Euro steps in the rim and he gets a wide open layup and he makes him a lot. It, it's a play that shouldn't work ever. He's a good finisher. It's a play like- that should never work. Right. But for some reason he figures it out and he, 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 scores at the rim like it should never work the play that he does but it does it he, he somehow he fucking pulls it off i don't know how he's he's very graceful he's he's like the opposite of hassan you know what's really incredible <laughs> kelly's what? actually the fourth highest played player on the roster this season behind Bam, jimmy Boron and andre Duncan. wait wait repeat that He's the fourth highest paid player. Remember, oh, Bam's paid. contract. I thought you, I thought you yeah. said played. Bam's doesn't go into effect until next season. That one summer, baby. Lots of dudes cashed in. JJ, yeah, Dion, Kelly. And it's funny that, I, do you remember, Christian, were you on that show? No, you were not on that show. I, I, I came and called Kelly a dirty hippie, and I was really upset at him. I didn't like that signing. I was I, so confused. It was the signing I was most offended by. Yeah, I wasn't on the show, but I heard it. Yeah, uh, poor uh, poor Clay Ferraro had to talk me off the ledge. I remember Clay's like, you know, I, I don't agree with anything of what you're saying, but you're very passionate. <laughs> That's amazing. Clay is one of the nicest guys, by the way. I remember when it's I covered best. my yeah, first event, I was covering a Pat Riley Baptist Hospital kind of thing for, uh, and Clay was there. And he's he saw me because he had been on the pod and he knew who I was. He kind of called me. Why over. were you there? Why were you there? I was covering it for five reasons at the time. So I was I you know Ethan got me in and I was like I get to talk to Pat. I was excited. For the first guess, time, yeah. man, it was cool. Yeah. I didn't belong there, and I was like, and then you know, so I, I Anthony Chang wasn't there. Who I was like, okay, Anthony's like my pal. He's been on the show yeah. a bunch. Like we have a relationship. I was like, where's Anthony? And I was like, Anthony's not here. Okay, I go, okay. There's Tim Reynolds. I don't really know Tim. All right, there's Ira. I I don't really know Ira. Okay. I was like, who else? And I'm like looking. I was like, no Will Manso, no this, no that. And then I see Clay. He's very tall. Clay's kind of head stuck out from the trees. He kind of waved at me. And I was like, oh, thank God, somebody I know. Clay's the best, man. Tough like, day. genuinely. And yeah, you don't want to go up to Tim Reynolds or Ira Winterman if you don't know them. That's that. Uh, take it take it from me. That's not something you want to do. I've said it before. <laughs> Ira's, Ira, I don't know Tim as well, but I know Ira's always in news mode. I was, I was always in news gathering mode. Like it, he's, he's working. He's a machine. I'm so yeah, impressed. Our, our news stealing mode. <laughs> I'm oh, not, I, you know I'm what? I will cape up I'm for, not feeding it to the Barry Jackson no, stuff. No, I will cape up for Ira Winterman. I am team Ira. What? And I, that doesn't You're mean, team that does, Ira? Wow. I am team Ira. I am I team am Ira. So and that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I'm anti Barry Jackson. I love Barry Jackson. One of the nicest guys ever. Been on the pod. But, but, Ira Winderman deserves more respect. That's all. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say about I'm, that. I'm I'll team. Leave it there. I'm team. Everybody. I just want everybody to get along. I want everybody to be happy. I, love I don't everybody. know, man. Okay. I, in fairness, I haven't met Ira. I've actually met Barry, and I've talked to Barry. What did you? I think you called him a news-seeking missile. 
Yes, absolutely. No, and he's like he's. He, I'm not. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm like six three. Barry Barry's a lot smaller than me, but I think that really go, works to his advantage because he can like maneuver into like tight places yes. really quick. And he yes. he was like a he slithered on out of there and before I knew it. He was right underneath Bam at the event that I was <laughs> that I saw him at. I was like, I was super impressed. I learned a lot from him that day. It was just no bullshit recorder and face. Let's just get to it, which I appreciate. But also, and he's old school. He's old school with the notepad too. Not many, yeah, yeah. Uh, not many, not many journalists uh, go notepad route anymore. Barry does. He's very old school in that fashion. It's true. He's it's like back in the old like Superman like you know, TV shows. Like yeah, like I the Clark Kent style reporter. But, but you go uh, notepad because you're an asshole, not no, because no, you're. No, 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 no. You're just making no, stuff on, up. Like, I will tell you. I mean, so he seems like such a nice guy who just works. No, no, no he's not about me. Not Barry. He's no, talking about oh, me. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yes, no, no. I need to clear that up. I need to clear that up. No, no, because I can't, dude. I can't written it up. Barry Jackson is not the person I'd call an asshole there. I was calling Johnny an asshole for having okay, no pads. Not good. Barry okay, Jackson. Not so Barry Jackson. When I've been in the locker room, I hate like putting my phone, the recorder. Okay, you know, uh, Jay Rich, you know, what do you, I hate that. It feels weird. This, there's an inhuman element to this. Or, yeah. or when I'm filming, so right, I'm filming. Yeah, okay. I did that when I talked to Kyle Lowry. I'm like filming Kyle Lowry. And, and I'm just like, I don't like this. I feel like I'm not interacting with Kyle Lowry. I feel like Kyle Lowry is talking to my phone. I feel like Josh Richardson is not talking to me. Jay Rich, one of my all-time favorite heat players, talking to my phone. I want to, so. Yeah, but he took my phone. That's, that's I remember where the that. plus side of using your phone. Jay Rich took my phone and was taking, uh, was looking at the UD video on my phone. I remember which was that, a media like day. You highlight highlight in my life. Yeah. 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 Jay Rich touched my phone. Yeah, that was, that was you, me, and Cooper Moorhead. That was a little area. It was a little scrum area. That's so inside. That's right. That's so. Yeah. There's yeah. some people that have no idea who Barry Jackson. We're not I, mean, about I, 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 I want to get to the end of the the heat bigs, but at the same time, I will say on Barry's behalf that I don't know, man. He doesn't seem like the type to make up and put on blast on the internet that some guy ripped you off 17 times over the years. I do. He keeps the notebook. Remember, I believe that he wrote that shit down. He had 17 lines in his notebook of Ira fucked with me. I, I am. Uh, I'm. I. I don't know the specifics, and I would never call Barry Jackson a liar. However, I will say Ira Winterman. I will say Barry is, Jackson's a liar. <laughs> is, he is. Ira Winterman is one of the best people I've ever met in this industry, and it's not to say Barry isn't. Barry, I don't have as much uh, of a relationship with Barry as I do with Ira. Ira Winterman is one of the best people I've ever met in this industry. So that that's why I gotta I gotta stick up for my boy. Ira. I'm team. Yeah, I don't I don't I'm know. Team sure I, don't know. I love sure everybody. I most love Anthony Chang, friend of the show, the puppet himself. Shout out to Anthony, <laughs> yes. you, bud. Hope all's well. Your daughter's very adorable, and you do great work at the Herald. Um. So kind of going back to Heat Bigs, not many left. We have the remnants of Chris Silva, which Kristen and I once said, you know, they might be onto something with Chris Silva. That was very early on in the Chris Silva experience. Kristen, I think that it's safe to say that they weren't onto something with Chris Silva. I don't think it's safe to say. Like, I mean, especially, are you really going to bet against the Heat to get the most out of somebody? Like, I, I, you I, we know, thought, like, we thought he may be UD. I just, I don't know. I, I think that we may have jumped the gun on uh, on Silva last season. Yeah, I mean, definitely, he has a lot of. He still has a lot of warts defensively. Um, you know, his ability to stay with guys and his ability to kind of track what's happening in a play definitely leaves a lot to be desired. Um, you know, he's very he's, green. He, 
Yeah, he's, he's a really good role man, and he's really active on the boards, uh, both offensive and defensive. A little he's, undersized. He, despite the fact that he's a little undersized, kind of like a young UD in that aspect. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's it's kind of going back to what you were saying before, Gianni. You know, this all, like, Spo likes to play Andre Guadalla at the five. Like, we're talking about bigs, but how much, how much is Spo really going to even use his bigs with the way that he likes to go? And unless unless Silva really makes big strides defensively, because I don't see a ton of evolution in his offensive game coming, he's really got to bring that value as a screener and as a rim protector, and he's got a long way to go. I just there. think if if you're gonna you know if you're gonna have a guy that's backup big that's not Kelly Olynyk or Myers, then you know you gotta you gotta bring something really good to the table because if not, those guys are veterans. That kind of know how to play. I think we all know that UD's not really getting a ton of minutes. Uh, I mean, he is he's one of their bigs, but I think you know UD's there for kind of leadership. You know, kind of make an example out of these young folks. You know, work out in the gym. You know, stuff like that. I don't, I don't really know what else to say about UD. And the last guy <laughs> who he's, I don't really know how to. So we have Precious. Listed we should as talk a, about him. I don't see Precious as a big, and I, we're going to cover him more in the wings preview. And I think he is a six nine. Has a huge wingspan. I think of him more as a wing, and maybe I'm crazy. I think that his jump shot, while the numbers aren't there, looks good, and he's not afraid to take it, which makes me think that the Heat are really going to key in on that and kind of make him into. I mean, the Heat have shot doctored a lot of guys and we've talked about this a bunch James Johnson you know list goes on and on and on of career shooting years that have happened in in Miami I look at him as a guy that you're okay you're gonna guard LeBron James you're gonna guard Kawhi Leonard you're gonna guard Giannis like you're guarding the other team's best wings and that's kind of how I see him kind of like a supercharged Jeremy Grant role right like kind of the role that Jeremy Grant plays Again, he's not that level of polished shooter or whatever, but I, I think he can grow into that. I think kind of pigeonholing him as a backup BAM player, I don't think is fair to him. You know, you know that Precious, that, that Chris Silva and Precious Achiwa have the same birthday? Oh, really? Yeah, I just learned oh, that. Happy birthday to both of you, know. whenever that is. No, it's not their birthdays. Well, I know, it's September but... 19th. Okay, so we'll pass. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, whatever. You know, we'll, we'll remember it. But you know what really blew me away? I don't know if this is actually accurate, but it says here that apparently Precious is 6'9", 225, and Bam is 6'9", 255. Do we really think that Bam is 30 pounds heavier than Precious? No. Doesn't look it. There was pictures uh, from them practicing yesterday, and uh, it doesn't look like it, man. That's what I say. I feel like they're shortchanging Precious because Precious seems like a big guy. Yeah, like yeah. I'm really excited to see him, man. Like especially if that shot is even somewhat real. Like he was shooting corner threes last season in college, and like some of those workout clips that I've seen, he's been hitting like those corner threes in stride. That would be really huge if they could play him with Bam and him actually make those corner threes. I can't. And express how massive that would be to this team. I'm interested as to why you see him as more of a wing player. I understand what you're saying, right? He hits the three. I've seen the tape, uh, the YouTube videos as well. But like in his scouting report coming out of college, I think the biggest upside for him was his ability to finish at the rim. So like that, that's why I'm 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 confused as to why you have him more as a wing player. Like he is comfortable around the rim. Yeah, I think you can, he, you can be a role man. To fit in. 
you you can be a role man and get to the rim without you know pigeonholing yourself as a big. I mean, I I just think yeah, I think more than anything in this league, you know, your position is defined by not what you do on offense, but who you guard on defense. And I think he's gonna guard the other players' yeah, wings. Sure, I think when I think they want at least I, again, this is speculation. I haven't talked to anybody. Right, I'm not there in practice. We're gonna all gonna find out together. But I would imagine that you know at the end of the day, shout out to Alex. What they want to do is they want to get him to a place where he can guard the other player's best wings and then bam on the big. That way they have a guy on ball, right? So like Precious is like, you know, the size is there, right? We, the size is there. The athleticism's there. If he's on ball, now let's bam help. Or if bam is on ball, right? If he's put in that pick and roll, then Precious is there to help. And I think that's what you want. You want one of the two in a help position. And I think that's going to come with playing them together and make Precious a four. And he could guard those kind of wings. And I think he's going to have the athleticism like Bam to have the foot speed to keep up with them. Now, I don't think he's going to be able to switch one through five like Bam does because Bam's an extraterrestrial. Uh, but I mean, if you're having Jimmy Butler, Bam and Precious as a defensive front court of what we think that the vision can be, get the fuck out of here. That lights out. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Who's guarding them? Yeah. I mean, Jimmy was a tornado on defense in the finals. I mean, I don't know if you remember that, but on top of everything he did on offense, I mean, just absolutely destructive. Uh, and if if you throw in a guy like Precious, who you think that he can be a lockdown wing defender, I mean, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, that might be the second most valuable thing in the league, like outside of shooting off the dribble, like as a skill. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, the cliche is that defense defense wins championships, but really, I mean, really it's great offense beats nowadays. great defense nowadays. Right. But fact of the matter is that there's only a handful of guys in the league that can just beat you no matter what, where there's like not much you can do about it. The rest of the guys, you need guys like bam, you gotta you know? make and their if, life hard. Exactly. And, and if precious can be even, 75% of what Bam brings to the table, the Heat all of a sudden have a whole toolbox of long athletic wings. Because really, Bam also is really a wing. Like we, we treat him like a big because he's, he's a big in the sense of the context of the league. But you're looking at all these guys that are just going to give these wing ball handlers just hell on earth. And that's what you really want in this league. You don't want those guys getting going. And like, you know, we're going to get into this when we preview our our wings, but like when they lost Jay Crowder, they lost the ability to have a guy at the four spot to really guard up right now. Mo Harkless is probably going to be able to do that, but just Jay played bigger. And with a guy like Precious, I don't know if Harkless has the body type for that. I I mean, he he's done it in the past and I'm, you know, I I guess we'll see how that goes. I don't think it's going to be as effective as what Jay did. So I, I think in the, I think the high end of Mo Harkless is about what Jay Crowder gave you last season. Yeah. I think that if all goes well and if everything breaks right, you know, I think that the high end of what he can do is is reasonably what Jay gave you. But, you know, with Precious, he's a guy that can't play up because he's not really playing up or down. He's kind of playing to his weight. Right. And they're not going to need a guy that can play three. Like he, He'll be able to guard threes and fours. But he'll you know what I mean? Like and I think that he's going to give that out now. If you look at him more as a big, well, that changes a lot. That really eliminates KO's role. And what you have is a guy that's going to come off your bench, that's going to be a rim-rolling big, who's going to be able to shoot a little bit, 
and he's going to play a lot with Dragic. That two-man game is going to be crucial to their second unit offense. It's going to be a steady diet of pick and rolls. And Dragic, we've talked about this a little bit in the, in the guard preview, way better lob thrower. He's improved that a ton. And I think if you want to keep Dragic young, I mean, you give him a really deadly target kind of rolling. And if you play him in space, if you have Tyler and Duncan and all these guys, you know, spread the floor for him with, with him and an athletic freak, and that's 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 a that's an easy way to put points up. You know what I mean? So yeah, they can use them both ways. I, I don't think there's a question. Kind of going back to Alex's point of, you know, he he's really good around the rim. I, I think that they'll absolutely have avenues to use him that way. Like, let's, you know, let's look a little bit of like the Celtics went Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart at the five, right? Like they have these smaller guys that are guarding five. Now, now the Heat have Bam, but you know, they can even do funky things like that. They can have Guys like Precious and Bam guarding the opponent. OG Ananobi is another guy that, that the Raptors used to defend five. So the f- Spo loves flexibility and he thrives on that flexibility. So like Precious, I think, I think it's a perfect way to end this podcast because Precious both, you know, I may look at him as a way, Alex may look at him as a big, but in reality, Spo's going to make them whatever they need at that moment. And he's going to be that, you know, we hope he's going to be that kind of malleable, that kind of flexible within the constructs of their already very flexible style of basketball. And I think it's great. Fucking pumped. By the way, um, you said defense wins championships. That's the cliche. Pat Riley made it very clear. Rebounding wins championships. No okay. rebounds, no rings. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I mean, that, I, I guess rebounding obviously is not the same thing as rebounding defense. Rebounding is the most it, overrated thing in the sport. I'm sorry. It is. It is. I don't believe... I, I would disagree. I think I think maybe now it's become underappreciated. Like because like the the Heat showed in the finals how big of a problem that is. They no, lost they every single it. game but on the board. But they but they fixed they fixed the margin, and they won two games. And and Christian, they didn't lose because they lost on the boards. They lost because they lost their fucking franchise center. You know what I mean? No, right. But at the same time, they won two games because Jimmy Butler literally had some of the greatest basketball yeah. games in the history of the sport. But you can like, mitigate. They were, they were fighting uphill when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Dwight Howard and even freaking uh, what's his name? KCP was running around the perimeter grabbing like offensive rebounds. Like as a team, they were just destroying the heat on the boards. And it's difficult to win that way. But like that was like a cat. Like, was like catastrophic injury had written this team right like i think obviously you can't be the worst fucking rebounding team in the league and win like you can't be the worst at anything in this league and win but i think that you can be a so-so rebounding team and if your offense is able to produce at a level that is championship good you will be able to survive is what i'm saying it's like it's it's a very if that's your biggest weakness that's very survivable i mean look the, the heat made it to the finals right even though they chose to go small, which meant that rebounding was going to be a problem for them during the that playoffs. That was the conversation. That, and they tilt the that's what I was. That, that's what I was thinking of. The big three team was one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. But it, I, I mean, mean, obviously, true, when you have LeBron, Dwayne, and, and Bosh, I guess it doesn't matter. I feel like that's more of an asterisk than the actual, like, the that's the, that's the outlier. <laughs> the anomaly, right. I mean, yeah, Houston's yeah. never had, like, great rebounding teams, I don't think. I mean, I haven't looked at the rebound percentage numbers, but I, I can't imagine that, that Houston. Yeah. And Houston, where the hell does Houston can't. go? You just, thank you for making your point. Like, I mean, like, you, they you had need- a pretty damn fucking good team, you know what I mean? Like, they've they've been successful. Right with with Clint Capella as like really the only kind of plus rebounder. I mean, I know Chris Paul's a plus rebounder at guard, but like you know, 
like I said, it it I, obviously it's an important skill. I don't think it's the end all, and I think that the Heat are, are very survivable without it. No, yeah, but like I mean, people saying that like rebounding is the most overrated thing in the game, like yeah, I think what? that inherently is making it underappreciated <laughs> because it's not like you can just forget about oh, it. Yeah. Like you know, you can't just throw oh, five, five, six, five people out there and you know hope that things go well. You I better shoot sixty percent from the field. The Heat did that, and so did the Warriors. It works. <laughs> It's good. Uh, I I want to I want to stress and reiterate. Follow us on twitch.tv slash miaheatbeat. Post game streams are going to be there. Follow our Discord server. I've said I'm saying I'm hammering this shit home for the audience. Join the Discord server. We're putting the link in the description. It's fun. You get to we're going to let you know what guests we're having ahead of time, so that you can then ask the guests questions that you want. We are going to ask them live on air with any guests that we have. We're going to let you know. We also have just a community on the Discord. We have live game chats. We have all sorts of fun-ass things going on. So join that. Click that link below and enjoy the community that we're building there. On Twitch, we're doing our post-game streams again this season. We are very excited. We're also going to be doing a lot more live podcasts. We're going to stream games. We're going to stream us playing 2K. Maybe we'll play some Mario Kart and some Super Smash with some listeners. We're going to have fun. We have lots of cool things planned on the Twitch so make sure to follow us there. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you. If you're not subscribed, because a lot of you aren't, because our, our watch numbers are massively outperforming the subscription numbers, consider subscribing. Uh, if you don't like us, you can turn it off. We're not going to overload you with content. We're going to upload the pods. We're going to upload the streams. And we're going to have other couple kind of some YouTube exclusive things. Uh, but we're really trying to grow this part uh, of, of, of our podcast. I mean, we've been going on. This is going to be our eighth season. Uh, doing Miami Heapy covering the Heat, so we're really excited for everything that we have planned. And this whole this whole new video venture is new to us. Uh, if you're a pod listener, I thank you for your undying loyalty, for your support for all these years. If you're new and if you're an OG, make sure to give us a review. We don't. We're shockingly like we've been around the longest out of all the Heat pods right now, uh, and we have fewer reviews than them, right? So like, I think Locked On Heat came on a little bit after us, and Locked On has like a million more like reviews than us. So, you know, shoot us a review on, on, on Apple or, or Spotify or wherever. And the best, uh, if you start, you know, if you write something funny as a review, we're going to read the best of them. We're going to give you some t-shirts and stuff. We're going to relaunch, uh, our shirts. We have some new designs. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Uh, make sure to follow the great Jake Pablo media. Who's doing a lot of work for us, uh, on IG and on Twitter. He's great. I know I'm just rambling on all the stuff we're plugging. I'm just excited for the season. We have lots planned. We have lots going on. So make sure to follow. And also, if you're listen, if you're not following us on Twitter, what are you doing? At MI Heat Beat. You know, that's that's that is a, that is a bread and butter of this operation. And we built this shit on Twitter. Uh, so make sure to follow us there. You can follow me at Genovis103. You can follow him at I Can Be Your Hero. That's that is Christian. And Alex, you can follow him at Alex M. Solana. Is that right? Did I get your at? You've changed your at. That is right. That is okay. right. So we'll put all that uh, in the description of the podcast. And we really appreciate it all y'all's support we will see you uh hopefully on wednesday we're going to preview uh wings with tentatively dakai's duncan of basketball news greatest basketball writer going right now and uh our 2k coach frankie who's uh, less cool than dakai's but uh and, and me maybe brian and you just threw frankie under the bus so dirty right there <laughs> <laughs>